it's Loom Group's Andrea Lay, Backview's Melissa Burdick, the wizard of Woodland Hills Shree, and I'm PVSB from Flywheel, a division of Omnicom, and I'm coming to you today from the Catskills. Be playing Heckinger's Tuesdays and Thursdays. Before we get to the CPG Guys episode you've downloaded, it's the week of May 6th, and it's time for the Fresh Four, for curated news stories from the past week. We find them dependably intriguing. We hope you do too. We're brought to you through our partnership with Retail Wit, your one-stop shop for retail industry intelligence news, retailwit.com. It's retail right now. Over to you, Shree. In case you're wondering what this background is, I'm at, I'm at my father-in-law's house all the way in Chennai, India for the next couple of weeks. So what's the message of the week? Kroger Precision Marketing strikes a partnership with none other than Yahoo DSP. So Yahoo DSP advertisers now have access to KPM's audiences for both reach and measurement. Partnership marks KPM's second DSP partnership since last fall and ushers in a new focus on commerce media for Yahoo advertising in particular. Collaborations like this one will define the next phase of growth in retail media as retailers recognize the limitations of monetization on their own digital properties and seek incremental growth by expanding offsite. This is said by Sara Marzano, principal analyst at eMarketer. For advertisers, the delayed but still impending deprecation of third-party cookies, which is now on its way, continues to underpin every decision regarding digital advertising dollars. So solutions that safeguard their investments against that hold increasing appeal. Over to you, Andrea. Hello, Fresh 4 listeners. Walmart adds a new grocery line to its private brand's portfolio. Walmart has announced a new private label grocery brand called Better Goods. The line includes 300 items spanning categories such as frozen, dairy, snacks, beverages, pasta, soups, coffee, and chocolate. With most items priced under $5, Better Goods focuses on three key components, culinary experiences, plant-based, and made without. The retailer said Better Goods marks not only its largest private food brand launch in two decades, but also its fastest grocery brand brought to market. Over to you, Melissa. Thanks, Andrea. Uh, so, Savemark companies roll out in-store retail media networks. It's not enough that we have online. Now we're moving to in-store retail media networks. The Savemark companies plans to roll out in-store connect, an in-store retail media network powered by Quad Graphics Inc. To start, 16 of the grocery company stores will have digital screens, kiosks, end caps, shelf screens, and vertical banners throughout, allowing CPG partners to showcase promotions, product information, and recommendations to shoppers. The program will eventually roll out to all the Savemark companies, approximately 200 stores. This is Savemark's latest retail media effort, coming almost a year after a launch of its own retail media network. Over to you, Peter. Thanks, Melissa. Rite Aid expands Uber Eats' partnership for alcohol delivery in eight states. Nearly 1,000 Rite Aid stores will now offer alcohol delivery via retailers' expanded partnership with Uber Eats. Customers of legal drinking aid can get delivery from select stores in California, Idaho, Michigan, New York, Ohio, Oregon, Virginia, and Washington. Quote, our collaboration and trusted partnership with Uber Eats underscores our commitment to meet the evolving needs of our customers and providing a seamless digital shopping experience complements their busy lives, unquote, said Jeannie Walden, Senior Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer at Rite Aid, the U.S.'s third largest pharmacy retailer. That's it for the Fresh Four. Now on to the CPG Guys episode that you've downloaded. Welcome to another episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Our hosts, Sri Raj Gopalan, 
Peter V.S. Bond, and Brian Gildenberg. Explore how brands and retailers engage consumers in an increasingly digitally driven world. And now, here are the CPG guys. Hey everybody, it's PVSB with the CPG guys, and I am joined today by a familiar voice uh, to anyone who listens to this podcast, or if you see the Fresh Four on uh, on our LinkedIn page, you're also familiar with her face. Uh, she is part of our family. She is the CEO and, and founder of Loom Group. Of course, I'm talking about Andrea Lay. Hi, Andrea. How are you? It was really great to see Hi, you this Peter. week. Uh, we were together in Seattle, uh, and that's what this episode is about. We're going to actually put this on the CPG Guys Fast Forward uh, uh, podcast platform because the CPG Guys podcast platform is actually crammed full of all sorts of stuff leading up to grocery shops. So thank God we have an alternate channel. We have a backup. We have like, we have like the B side of the, of the 45 we used to buy. Well, I did when I was young. I don't know about you. You were probably already in the CD <laughs> phase. I was definitely in the, in the 33 and 45 phase of vinyl. I was actually in the <laughs> Seattle airport. And they had a store that had like cassette tapes and vinyl albums. I was amazed, Andrea. It was... <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why we're still hanging on to cassette tapes. I mean, vinyl, I get it. There's like a quality. I remember growing up with an eight, it, eight track but... player in my car. I don't know. I think we could... and I and the sad thing was is like the one of the only ones we had was <laughs> awesome. the, was the the, the uh, soundtrack to the movie uh, Camelot. So I, that, those heads go go <laughs> those songs go running through my head on a frequent basis. But then neither here nor there. Andrew, it's really great to have you uh here. That's so fantastic. What we wanted to do today is Andrew and I had the distinct pleasure of attending a conference together in Seattle this week uh that was hosted by Amazon. And it was called Amazon Accelerate. So we're gonna talk about what it was, uh what what we what what we learned and also what we interpreted uh as from our perspective, what made it a, uh, you know, a good or, or possibly not so good conference. We'll kind of dig into that, but, um, so let me, let me serve this up. So uh, Andrea, why don't you, for, for our audience, why don't you describe what was Accelerate, uh, and like, who are the people that were there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, first agreed, Peter, it was super fun to have um, a couple of days together here in Seattle. Um, I know. I was like shocked, right? Like I pointed like, what's that up there? You said, uh, you said, it's sun. (laughs) It happens occasionally. And I think my response was a a broken clock is uh, is right twice a day. So, I mean, (laughs) I know. know. What is that Uh, orb in the sky? We don't usually see that in the the, September. The sun is coming down at us. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Well, I think, I mean, for me, it was just such a fun reunion. There were so many, um, you know, service providers and SaaS companies and, you know, folks kind of in my ecosystem and your ecosystem. And it was a lot of fun to connect with some familiar faces. So Accelerate's Amazon's annual seller conference. Uh, And I think up until a couple of years ago, it was primarily just sellers. Um, I think, you know, in the last couple of years, we started to see some vendors also attend some 1P sellers on Amazon to kind of, um, you know, learn a little bit more about what Amazon's doing in the seller space. And so the composition was a little bit of a mix, but I would say it was mostly third-party sellers. Some were brand manufacturers, 
Um, some were, you know, thir- third party sellers that were kind of operating as a retailer on Am- as a retailer on Amazon selling, you know, goods across multiple brands, um, as well as a, a good showing of service providers and agencies as well. So um, a great kind of chance to learn more about what Amazon's up to on the seller side, which is a huge growth channel for them. I think we were talking before we started recording that uh, seller third party platform units, you know, represent more than 60% of Amazon sales now. And it's growing faster than the consumer business. So uh, it's, you know, makes sense that Amazon's putting a lot of investment behind the seller experience. Um, we're going to talk today about a lot of the things that they announced were launching for sellers. Um, but it was it was a great show. Amazon did a really nice job putting it on. It was very well organized. Um, you know, they had a little kind of um, trade show floor with just a, a handful of, of service yep. providers that they were in partnership with. As we as we collectively know, there are a lot more service providers than that, um, you know. But they had handpicked a few to kind of feature at, at the show, um, and then the sessions were really all about you know what's new, what's coming down the pipe, and then there were some tracks as well on just sort of optimization. So how to how to make more of some of the yep. tools and features. We should make that mention that uh, one of the principal sponsors of Accelerate was uh, Perpetua, which is a sister company to the company I work for, Flywheel. And we also saw our, uh, the, one of the, one of the other members of the Fresh Four, Melissa Burdick, who, uh, who's president of PacView, the PacView Helium 10 team were also there and they were down on the show floor. Um, this was actually in the new, uh, Seattle Convention Center. What a spectacular, I, I know you're like, this that is I didn't nice. even know existed. <laughs> I was driving down there and I'm like, I can't believe we're going to this dump. Like, I mean, I remember our convention center. It's been years since I'd been there. I mean, I go downtown a lot, but not that area of it downtown. Was and I was nice. like, oh, we have a new convention what center. So beautiful space. I, I didn't even I mean, know. Just... It was gorgeous. Lots of light. And, and I, I did you notice that I, they weren't doing any plastic? I any noticed serve, that. Uh, single use plastic. So all the. Everything the was. The food aluminum. was phenomenal. Yeah, I think was, you and I were course, absolutely obsessed with the donut wall. Um, they had, they had a wall of donuts and they were all the donuts, the donuts. Were like people would go up hooks, and grab a donut was, and, and yeah. they would eat and then in the afternoon it became the wall of macaroons so uh, it was good food there like the food we had at lunch yeah. was banh mi and, and, uh, and spring rolls and all sorts of great food so I thought that you know that fortune yeah they were and fortune <laughs> that cookies was, sponsored that by was, Perpetua that was an interesting one I did like that <laughs> but um so, uh, yeah, it was a really interesting thing. So great venue. We got an idea who was there. So let's talk about, um, uh, first, we're, we're going to talk about some of the people we met there uh, towards the end. But let's talk about what was coming out of Amazon. So my, my first observation, I will say this. And I noticed this at Unboxed last year. And I certainly noticed this. This was a heavily scripted conference. Okay. They, like. Every word out of oh, yeah. every person was read off a teleprompter. There was not – it was kind of like I scheduled spontaneity in my day, and I knew exactly what I was going to spontaneously do. That was the only way spontaneity was going to happen in one of these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think that one of the sessions you and I sat next to oh, each other yeah, for, we, we were right. like, I think this Q&A is fake. Like they were like – Hey, what? Okay, we're now ready to take Q and A. And oh, look on the screen, we there was already nothing. have some there was Q and no A. There was no, up. Like, there was no they didn't give us a audience. QR code. So, like, whatever, you know, <laughs> this is, this happens at big companies. We know that. So, 
but it was uh it was definitely heavily scripted um the f- on day one it was kicked open by uh claire Mac- claire o'donnell who's the product director from amazon she um she she was giving us the introduction and then the first hour and a half of the morning was just a succession of amazon people coming on and making big announcements so why don't we kind of talk about some of these big announcements that happened i think the first one was the introduction of what was called supply chain by amazon which encompassed a lot of things what from your perspective were some interesting elements of these new supply chain capabilities that the audience seemed to really like You know, and before we dive into that specific one, I think as I look through kind of the notes we made for this, and I think about what some of the things we saw, it kind of ties to this theme that we've been talking about um, at Illum. We're working on our quarterly insights report around like frictionless experience, right? So how do you reduce friction in every, in the entire um, value chain for the consumer and in this case for the seller as well. So it's, it's really about like simplifying and removing friction and discovery in the activation of purchase and then in the post-purchase or delivery realm. And that's been a real theme with a lot of the brand manufacturers that we work with. And it was a huge theme at this conference too, because as I look through all of their updates, they're all addressing some point point of friction across that value chain, across that value chain. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think on supply chain from Amazon, my big takeaway was that like, if you're a seller and you have your own website, um, you don't have to, you can just like turn it over to Amazon. Like you don't have to do anything anymore. You just need to, you know, identify the assortment you want to sell and drive the traffic to the site and they will take care of literally everything from there. Um, That was kind of my takeaway. They had a number of announcements within that, but it's a allows, um, removes friction for sellers that um, maybe find kind of some of those capabilities challenging or they're piecing together a bunch of different service providers like now Amazon. I think what's interesting is um, those who are not sellers don't understand that there's a term that's used in our industry called winning the buy box. That's about getting the consumer to say, add to cart and check out, right? That is not the end of the journey. For these sellers, that no. For the shoppers, for the shop, for the yeah, for the sellers, it is really the beginning of the journey, because everything that happens from that click until it shows up on the door of the person who bought it, every single step is an opportunity to delight or an opportunity (laughs) to furiate and disappoint a consumer, right? And so what I heard them doing yeah. was talking yep. about how they were introducing capabilities like supply chain by Amazon that will help their sellers delight the consumer. Because to your point, it's taking friction out of the process and it's getting product there. I, I should have mentioned the fact that Claire opened up by saying that the purpose of the conference, there were two goals. One was about driving growth for sellers. The other one, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, is about building a community. And that came out in, in conversations that we had with some of the sellers later on, but we'll, we'll get back to that. But I really think that in the, in the first part about driving growth, the supply chain by Amazon, things like global logistics, right? That's where you're manufacturing over in China and 
prior to this, you'd have to get it over here, get it to your warehouse, and then get it over to Amazon's. Yeah. Well, now that they'll they'll take it. And yeah, they'll, they'll handle and that. And like, you don't even have to worry about all the forms and everything yeah. else. They'll take care of all that. Um, you know, th- this whole concept of global logistics, or you made a really good point about um, uh, th- these sellers. They're not just selling through Amazon, right? They're, they've got their own direct-to-consumer site. They're selling through other marketplaces. And th- again, if they have a really great experience through Amazon, they still have a big headache in running their lives and their businesses because they have all these other platforms. Well, Amazon comes in and they start saying, we can help you with your multi-channel distribution. We, you can use our solutions to yeah. help you fulfill orders through other marketplaces. Like that is, I mean, that was, that was, that got a lot of big applause from the people in the audience. It was very interesting. It did. It did. And because there's, that's a big, um, you know, that's a big headache for sellers that are importing product. Um, and so, yeah, I, I guess I think, and then what we learned from Claire is that, you know, you don't have yeah, to just take, it's kind of like this full spectrum. You don't have to take it all or nothing that matter. You can, you. I'll take this part and this part, but not that part and that part. Right. And that, that was absolutely fascinating. So I thought that, yep. I thought that was really, uh, really interesting. What was the, do you remember what was the component that uh, the the new feature that had everybody, you know, like practically standing up and applauding and screaming that everyone's like, "Oh my god, yes, that is going to make my life so easier." <laughs> yes, I do, and it was um, it's this idea of like using AI yeah. for I- to create item listings. And it was incredible what the capabilities that they're launching around that and a huge pain point. I mean, I used to manage sellers when I worked at Amazon and in the onboarding process, the place where a lot of them got stuck and we kind of, and a lot of them never moved forward was in the listing phase, like just getting the items listed on the site. And it's a huge pain point for first party vendors as well. So I'm kind of interested. Huge. It's huge. It's, it's like, I mean, you have to fill out, well, for the, for vendors, it's a new item setup form that includes like, you know, 150, 100 fields for every product. Um, and for sellers, you know, it's a kind of a similar process. And you can, if you have that data, you know, in a, in it, and you can use it, you can use API connections and things like that. But, um, but it, it's still really painful for the, the large majority of sellers and vendors. Uh, and so they announced that now they'll automate that entire process using AI. So you can just like it's, give them I, I heard, website. I heard basically. website. I heard <laughs> and they'll just go straight. I think yeah. they said like they'll come up with like twenty different ways that you can, you know, that that you can you can get the the data from whatever source you have and put it into theirs. And what they'll do is take that and use generative AI to translate that, you know, they'll train against your data set and train against what is considered best in class from Amazon. And the idea is they will then populate the product listing for you. You'll have an opportunity to go and modify that, but it gets you like 95% of the way there. Yeah, That is just. Huge time savings, huge point of friction for sellers. So um, really cool. 
really cool to- tool. And, um, you know, candidly, like curious to see what that does to some of these service providers that yeah. do that as part of their business, right? <laughs> because that's used to take used to take bodies to do that. Now we're going to do almost, it through AI. So that almost um, it'll be a lot faster and cheaper for sellers. The donut wall still it was up there, but <laughs> but. <laughs> By the way, if, if you haven't seen, if you go to uh, Andrea's LinkedIn page, you'll see some great photos that that she took. There's my favorite was the one of us standing in front of the the, the backdrop of Amazon Accelerate with 2023, and we were we were leaning against each other's hand stretched out with legs in the air, one leg in the air in each. It was a really uh, a really uh, a fun little picture. But a- Andrea's got some great shots there of people that she knows from the industry, and uh, it was really yeah, it, I did you get did, a little but that was happy. good. You know what's so funny for that? Accelerate was your kind of conference because very much you're obviously you're from Seattle. You come from Amazon background. Um, there's a little, I, I think if I did a 23andMe test of you, there'd be a little Bezos in there, um, in the DNA, a little creepy, right? But, but, um, but, uh, <laughs> Jeff Bezos rather, but, um, but that was definitely your crowd. It wasn't so much mine. Like I was, I, I was able to, f- for the most part, fly under the radar versus I know what it's going to be like at grocery shop next week. It's going to be a madhouse. But, um, but it was, they, they were, yeah. everyone, and this kind of gets to the community aspect of things, right? They were announcing these things and everybody was like high-fiving and not, they weren't just cheering at the audience. They were high-fiving each other, which meant that it wasn't just people. They were high-fiving colleagues of theirs at their company. A lot of them were high-fiving, high-fiving other sellers, which said that they, to some degree, came there with a little bit of a micro community themselves. And that was kind of the theme of this. So I was really, I was really yeah. impressed by that. That was some good stuff. The, the, it is a community. I would char- definitely characterize it. The sellers are a community. The, you know, the service provider industry is a community. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that helps everyone be a lot more successful because if the sellers are communicating with one another, you know, it's a little bit different than brand manufacturers sometimes where yep. they're, you know, they're competitive with one another. But I think the sellers really kind of view themselves as distinct retailers. And um, I, like I, I'm remiss in not making mention of another thing that Claire detailed on the page. She talked about there being five focuses for the Accelerate conference. The first one I think we've kind of talked to, which is deliver innovative capabilities. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, check. Um, building uh, valuable and inclusive community. It's not just a valuable, but it's about inclusivity. Um, and, and I think we heard, we heard, uh, that chapter and verse from, um, we should just talk about it right now. Well, you and I had a really great conversation so with a seller that Amazon helped connect us to. She's from Naperville, Illinois, but she was originally born in Nigeria. Um, mm-hmm. it is a uh, Toyin Kola Wole. She's the CEO of EA Foods. So, what a great story. And, and I'll, we'll go into it in a mm-hmm. second. But as she told the story, Andrea and I were we just progressively leaning forward in our chairs as she told us the story. <laughs> well, first, she's she just is. a formidable and impressive, yeah. um, you know, business professional. Like, uh, as after I was, li- as 
I was listening to her talk, and by the that's time that's what she we was said. Done, like, like, well, we looked at each other like, my life. I, mean, I was like, well, I, I mean, and I was like, well, I, I started a podcast. <laughs> I just felt so inadequate in her company. She yeah. said, I started I worked with, at Amazon for a while. One, I opened up a facility. <laughs> it was 5,000 square feet. I had about a million dollars of production equipment. And now I'm at 40,000 square feet and $5 million of production equipment. And she's doing, you know, eight figure or what, six, eight figures in revenue. And we we're just sitting there listening to her. So Toyin had such a great story. She start, grew up in Nigeria, somehow got a job in private equity, then emigrated with her family from Nigeria to the United States. Um, her mother was very inspirational to her and, and gave her the entrepreneurial spirit. She was always doing lots of different things. I'm trying to remember the elements of her story. Put herself through Northwestern, took an majored in entrepreneurial studies. Yeah. Um, she, she ended up going to Bain and Company, talked very, uh, you know, the classic chops and yep. how to be a great consultant. You know, so many great business operators have that DNA in them. Uh, she went the brand route. And then at some point she decided, I've got to start my own. And she created a food company that makes yes. baking mixes, cookie mixes. So dry ingredient mixes, but with ingredients that are reminiscent of her, her, her native Nigeria. Um, but it's interesting. Yeah. She, I want to go into this. And I really want you to talk about this. She talked about her story of how she started yeah. trying to get into brick and mortar. Yes. So she would go meet with these buyers and was faced with all of their own unconscious biases, right? About who she was and what her products were about. And that, you because know, they, maybe they, they look at her and they say, market here or whatever. Is- a, uh, a black woman from Nigeria with an accent and what, and yeah. And they would immediately, she, she said they would immediately say, we don't have, you know, a lot of Nigerian yeah. consumers or black consumers or whatever. And, and they, and they would largely dismiss her um, before even learning about the products, which, which aren't necessarily just, you know, for certain populations. I mean, she's got like beetroot powder and all kinds of things. So it was, it was, um, yeah. you know, they were just kind of making assumptions about who she was and what she stood for. And she talked about how Amazon had been such a great um, platform for her because there, there's no, it's self-service. And so you don't have to, you don't have to no. get through some buyer. And, you know, we've heard this story a, a number of different ways. I mean, not necessarily with, with this particular flavor about Amazon being sort of an equalizer and allows you to bypass um, tastemakers and, and people who, who sometimes think they know what the shopper wants, but maybe don't have all the information. Um, and, it, and it's, it's such a, a great equalizer and allows you to just get right to the consumer and, and see if, if, and it has for her. It them. has for her, hasn't um, it? And so I thought that was just such a, it has. Yeah. She quickly got, yeah. I think she said within yeah. the first year, quickly got to like a million dollars in sales. And then, um, and now they're, you know, and then they were able to use that as a, a business case to get, I think, into Walmart, she, she said. And we and got so into the conversation of how if you, if you drive your decisions by demographics, you limit your ability to conceive of what your total market impact could be. And she used a really great analogy. Do you remember what that was, Andrea? It hap it had to do no, with I don't selling what was Greek it? yogurt. 
Oh, yeah. She, so then she turned it back on the buyers and she would say, well, I see you sell Greek yogurt. How many Greek I mean, consumers do you so have shopping here? Perfect. <laughs> if you if you think that Greek yogurt should only be sold to people it's- of Greek descent, then 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 you're crazy. And what she found from Amazon is to your point, she was able to present her brand based on the way she wanted to articulate the value of the product and not based upon the way her face looked or how she was dressing. It was about the product. It wasn't about the demographics. Demographics are like, I will say income is not uh, an indication of a propensity to buy. It's only an indication of a capacity to buy. Well, I would encourage anyone listening. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to, we're we're going to have the, listen to the episode. We interviewed her as part. Okay. So, Go listen to it because she is a riveting human being, um, someone who's really interesting to listen to and who has a really cool story. Um, you know, not the yeah. typical CPGs. That we, we also asked to, her so, about what uh, she was doing here, and she described why she, what she came for last year, and what she came for this year. Why don't you talk yes. about that? Yeah, last year she talked about how she came for information, for Intel, for tools, for training. She came to go to the sessions and learn more about how to be, you know, a really successful seller on Amazon. And she said this year she came for the community uh, because, you know, it's, it is, the seller community is really strong and powerful and they, and they do help each other out. And um, I mean, she talked about how it can be lonely as a entrepreneur, um, which yeah. I can I can certainly attest to as well, and that importance of having that community to be able to you know help you be successful and to um, you know in some cases like commiserate with or strategize with, and uh, she said that that was such an important part of her trip this yeah, year that was, was making that was, space and time. She was for that. so impressive. Um, I had a couple other conversations with sellers that um, that you weren't a part of uh, because we we were kind of dividing and conquering the event. But I spoke with a, a wonderful fellow, Justin Forsett. He uh, he and his brother came up playing football at UC Berkeley. Um, you can get me into a whole other conversation of why is it UC Berkeley won't, but when they play football, they're Cal. I don't understand that. If they're UC Berkeley, they should be like, if I go to UCLA, I play football for you. And that's another argument. But I, I get, I'm sorry, I'm going down a rabbit hole, people. But he and his, they would talk about the fact that they, they, what was the inspiration for their business? They said that um, that uh, as football players, oftentimes they're on the road and then they got to make the bus. And to get clean, to get clean, they just didn't have – they could the, – the, the time or, or the, they, they just couldn't get sufficiently clean, satisfactorily clean. They could get moderately clean. So they developed an antimicrobial, antibacterial wipe that they could wipe themselves down with. And they thought, okay, well, this will be really good for athletes. But soon they found other professions like that, truck drivers, uh, uh, firemen, uh, construction workers. All of these were people that had really value. And then they, and we start talking about how they grow their business. And they said, yeah, we, we do a lot of advertising and we drive that to Amazon. And I said, so wait a minute, do you run your own D2C mm-hmm. site? Uh, and this is going to get back to the whole frictionless thing, right? They said, do you have your own D2C site? So, yeah, we do. I said, but you don't drive your advertising there? And they said, no, we drive it to the Amazon site. And I said, why? And they said, 
because our goal is to acquire new customers. If they have to come to our site, they will have to fill out all the demographic, you know, their name, address, all that other stuff, fill in their credit card information. I'm a 3P seller. If I drive them to Amazon, I'm going to get that anyhow. My goal is to get that sale done. And if they go to Amazon, they add it to the basket and they buy it and it's done. And then I can show them how good my product is. What a great, what a great reason for, for a brand to say, even though I might make more money on the, you know, the, the intro to the brand by coming through my, my own D2C site, I'm going to get more sales. So I'm going to get more penny pennies of dollar sales and profit by running them through Amazon because it's just going to take that friction out of the process. Wasn't that just fascinating? Yeah. I I mean, it's such a great story and it's, it's not unlike the story. I I promised to introduce them to each other. I said, I was, because you know, you know, we had Sean Riley. I said, do you know, Sean? He goes, no, we Oh yeah, that's great. I'm going to introduce you guys. So Sean, if you're listening to this, I'm going to introduce you to Justin and his brother, because I think you guys would have a ball and, and I can just imagine the social media uh, uh, mashup of that. Um, so, so Sounds you know, the, so like I said, the big things we got day one were were logistics, and then and then the AI. I mean, like if that's all they did day one, they 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 exceeded expectations at least based on the response I saw. They get like done. I mean, they could have packed it up and gone home I'm after done. day one. They made so many announcements, but they had more stuff. Yeah, just mic they drop. Had more stuff day two. <laughs> so I think one of the ones that that so. Andrea, when you go to buy things, particularly like housewares for your house, like what what are some of the things that go through your head about should I buy this or should I buy that? <clears throat> yeah. Well, I mean, size is so hard online. That's one of the biggest. That's what, and and yeah. that's a big problem for furniture as well. Um, and even for consumables, I mean, how many times have you like ordered the ketchup on Instacart and you end up with the tiny one or like the 64 (laughs) ounce one that you weren't expecting? So size is a really hard thing to capture online. Retailers have tried different things, you know, by putting product next to, you know, something that's more of a standard size so you can get a sense of it. But really, you don't know what it's going to look like in your room until it's in your room. And so they launched, um, view in your room. And they had been experimenting this w- with this for a while, but I feel like the tech wasn't very good yet. This tech is getting really good now. Uh, so it allows for tabletop view. So you can put it on your table. You can just, you know, put your camera right where you're, where you want it to be and, and you'll get to see it, um, on the screen and, um, and, you know, kind of again, removing that point of friction for the shopper around, you know, what is, how big is this? And, and, you know, what's it going to be on my counter What's a funny personal story about this is that I ordered a couple of years ago, I ordered, I had one Instapot and then I wanted one for a different house and I went to buy one online and I'm like, well, I have a big family. I'm going to get the big it's one. Huge. And have you ever seen the big Instapot? <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't even lift it. It's like, it's like industrial size. Right. So this thing shows up and I'm like, I mean, you can't really return it. It's, it's huge. And I know my carbon footprint and I know Amazon's cost structure and I didn't have the heart to do it. So, I mean, there was like, I didn't even have a cabinet that it fit in. Like it was so big and, you know, tools like this really help, um, 
really help prevent situations like that where you have to, I had to like take a shelf out of a cabinet to like put this huge Instapot in there. So uh, really, really amazing tool. I think yeah. that's going to help. One of the things we uh, heard from sellers was when we asked them, because I was asking people, what do you, what, what tools and insights drive the most value for you? Um, and back to Toyin, the one that she just called out immediately was she said, ratings and reviews. Like she said, I scour 100%. those. Not just my reviews, but my competitors' reviews, because I need to know where their weaknesses are so that I can make my products that much better. And then my listing, my SEO will be that much better than theirs. And so Amazon announced a whole bunch of things around customer sentiment insights, like tools to, to make it easier than yes. sitting there and like reading 16,000 reviews um, to try and call out. So that seemed to be something that people were pretty excited about. Yes. I mean, mining customer, we, I mean, I've heard we of both it before. know the importance of user generated content and obviously that's a, a lot of your background. Um, but I, you know, it's so valuable for consumers. It's oh, also God, yeah. really valuable for brand manufacturers if they could just the source for innovation. Mine it. I mean, that's, right? that's a big challenge area, right? It's like, yeah. And it's, and it's ripe for AI because it's, un AI does such yeah. a great job of taking unstructured data and structuring it and customer reviews are unstructured data. And Amazon has started already, um, like summarizing some of the customer review data. So I don't know if anyone's noticed, but now when you go down to look at customer reviews on a lot of pages, it'll say customers liked X, Y, and Z about this product. They're basically they finding like, those, you know, those these other common three things. And word groups. Yeah. Comment. Yeah. They started with like the word clouds. They were doing the word clouds for a while. I don't know how valuable that is. Now they're doing a little more summarizing, but this takes it one step further to insights. And so in seeing, you know, what this looks like, it's really more about showing the brand manufacturer what the, you know, what the challenges are or what the, um, you know, what the uh, complaints are about the product or what the things are that the shopper loves about the product and turning that into insight. Like yeah. these are some things you might want to make changes to. And I, and I think translating another that thing they touted so was an enhancement to buy with prime. Now for those of you, what is buy with prime first of all? And, and what was the big thing that they announced that they seemed to think would, would delight customers using buy, buy with prime as a purchasing mechanism? Well, I mean, the, the buy with Prime is being able to use your Prime membership yeah. for free shipping. And payment, right? Other, it's the ability to sites, go right? to, like other, yeah. again, that whole concept back to exactly. why that why uh, Hustle Clean was driving people to Amazon site because it's the account. This is about a yep. payment mechanism, credit card or Apple Pay or buy with Prime. So you can connect your Amazon. The problem with doing yep. that is that it doesn't allow you to build a basket across multiple um, across multiple uh, retailers using that capability. You basically have to do a distinct yep. transaction. Well, and that exactly. And that's why retailers exist and why they're successful because they help us. Well, the great thing about marketplace and, is where the, and that's what Amazon's a marketplace. Right? So you're not having to, this all of a sudden says, okay, 
we're going to allow where the next enhancement to buy with prime is it's going to have a basket function within buy with prime and you can add items to it from different retailers that are outside of the Amazon marketplace, but leverage buy with prime. And they can say, we can add that there. And then you can just, you can do a, a single transaction for multiple different storefronts. Yeah. yeah it's kind of like I a unified that was cart really, across different I mean, storefronts. In, conceptually, I see the value in it. I'm trying to think, do I do a not like for me, and I was pretty honest. I think I told you about this. Like when I see things on Inst- Instagram that I want to buy, because I'm pre- I, I buy a lot. I would like to say I buy a lot of off Instagram. The more accurate description is, I buy a lot that is inspired by Instagram, because the reality is that I see something on Instagram, I look at what the price is, and immediately I toggle over to Amazon. I search for the same thing invariably I find it there and it's, and it's for a better price and I can just add it to my cart and it's there in two days. Right. So, so that, so I'm sitting here going for me, I don't know that that buy with prime cart feature would be, would be fundamentally important, but you know, I don't understand TikTok, and that doesn't mean that it's not a meaningful platform. Well, I think it depends yeah. how much you understand TikTok. I still I think don't it depends TikTok. how much um... I, I'm still trying to find the password <laughs> for my MySpace account. I don't I know where it I dep- put it. I wrote it on a I wrote it on a post-it note and put it on top of my phone and I don't know where it went. <laughs> I think it depends how much shopping the shopper is doing across other websites. I mean, the I I think it, and I think it's also addressing a change to how the shopper is is, you know, how they're transacting now. A lot of shoppers are adding things to carts kind of throughout the week or month and um, and waiting until they kind of get to a, a point where um, either they're hitting, I mean, not necessarily the case with Buy With Prime, but hitting a free shipping threshold or um, able to collate enough of the products into one delivery day or whatever the use cases they're trying to solve for, maybe, you know, reducing packaging, whatever. Um and this allows them to do that across multiple retailer sites as opposed to having each, you know, each retailer be individually individual. I think there's also, I mean, from Amazon's perspective, it probably drives some traffic back to Amazon at the end of the day. Like if you're adding things to your prime cart throughout the week from other websites, and then you, you have to go, you want to go back to Amazon and see it all together probably. So yeah, it, um, probably drives some extra traffic in, for them. It's, it's, it's a win-win. Underpinning everything we're talking about, like you said, driving traffic back to Amazon. We've talked about this on on camera, off camera, on mic, off mic. But um, I describe the difference between Walmart and Target as Walmart is a grocer that sells mass merchandise and Target is a mass merchant that sells groceries. There is a major distinction between that and how Walmart has succeeded during the the inflationary phase is because people consolidate around their primary grocer. And that was to the detriment of target. Outwardly people think of Amazon as a retailer is Amazon a retailer that sells advertising. What do you think? <laughs> I think they're an advertise. I think they're an advertising and media platform. And right. Supply because chain that drives that traffic to, to where they make their money. If you look at the breakdown, <laughs> Where they make their profit is what's funding their ability to do creative things like get into the healthcare space or introduce these new capabilities. 
this is about facilitating. Yes. Sellers bring sellers offer products. They bring consumers. Consumers are exposed to advertising, which they sell to sellers. I mean, it's just that's what this is about at the end of the day, right? Um, uh, So they also talked a lot about what the things that frustrate sellers um, returns. Return. So they announced a new Fit Insights capability. It's a new feature that will use machine learning and AI to review size charts. And this is where it ties into feedback from ratings and reviews, like the, the ability to ask, is it true to fit? Is it a bit larger? Yeah. And it suggests fixes to sizing charts and how you're sizing your product. Why, why is that good? Yeah, I'm just looking at my phone right now because I have some photos on here that I took or that I have of the um, of some of these insights and how they show those to the sellers, which is kind of interesting. Well, it reduces especially returns in clothing, and right? returns are super clothing, costly, especially deal. in the fashion space. Yeah, and they yeah, so they've already started letting you know what size they think you should wear, which I think is interesting. It's kind of you, they you wanna, they are you wanna, using you AI size and six, uh, return rates and things you might like that. Up that a little bit. That could be a that could be a, like a t- like and no no one wants to tell. No, I, I would never tell my wife what size to buy. Like buy whatever size you want. I am out of that discount. But maybe maybe Alexa is okay doing that. Yeah. yeah, they tell you if it runs small. They tell you what size they recommend, and then now they've started telling you something. Uh, Isn't that interesting? High, high return, return rate. rate. So, so it, it tries encourages to, it you... go, encourages. Yeah, this item has a high return rate. Make wow. sure to read the customer reviews to understand why. And so you go down and you read them, and and sometimes like, I mean, customer reviews are, are you well. Um, t- how Let does me tell that Peter work? How is user generated content Novel. works. <laughs> this, is, this is what this is your, what you do. What you do, um, but I think what's so interesting about user generated content is just because something has a high return rate, and and I look and see why, doesn't yeah. mean that it's going to have a high return rate for me. Like maybe there's something that was confusing about the product information, or maybe it has a feature that I was looking for that those people weren't looking for. So I think that um, calling attention to that is so. Um, helpful to the shopper journey again, removing friction because uh, it's also getting harder to return stuff on Amazon. I just took a bunch of stuff to Whole Foods last night because now they charge. Yeah, I went the, to the. Um, is Kohl's is Kohl's still doing that? Because I used to return area. things to Kohl's, and I. Okay, they I were been, as of like three months ago, which is the while, last time I, that I did that. Really yeah, novel approach because they would just drive consumers into their physical stores for returns, and they would give them one of their classic twenty five percent off coupons that yep, you had to use while you were in the store, and it drove a whole lot of incremental sales. So I thought that was a really interesting way to drive drive customers into that retailer. Um, I mean, there are a lot of other things they were doing. Those were the ones, you know, from my perspective that, that was there anything else that in particular you wanted to, to highlight to me, that was kind of like the big thing, but under underpinning all of this was the whole community. It was very clear. This was a tight community. I, I, I was, I was, they used the hashtag Amazon accelerate. And if you go to LinkedIn, s- put it in there because what was most interesting to me was, Photos like um, Srinath Reddy, who is who is intent wise, he I, he he posted a picture yeah. two days ago where he ran into a guy on the airplane going going to Seattle, and they were both going to accelerate and how excited they were to do that, and they did a selfie together. I thought that was awesome. Like it was really it really had a tight community feel to it. I, love I just that. felt 
I've been to big conferences. I think about Shop Talk, right? And as much as I know a lot of people there, yeah. I really felt there were very go to Shop Talk. They're very disparate types of groups. <laughs> there's the brand. There's the retailer. There's the analytic service provider. This, oh, this, yeah. this. This felt much like a much tighter community than most conferences I go to. I would. Yeah, I think the size helps a lot with that. I mean, you go to Shop Talk or Grocery Shop and you're lucky if you run into the person you want to run into. And I would say here, we just kind of kept seeing um, one another over and over again. And uh, and, and you know, I'm six foot four, so it's kind of hard to miss me in the crowd. So. And he's like, where's Peter? Oh, there he is. There's the lighthouse. There we go. <laughs> but um, no, this was, listen, um, we, uh this was a really, it was my first seller's conference. I hope it's not my last. It was, I want to thank the people at Amazon for reaching out to me. Also, um, the, the, the team, the PR team that supported us, they were so communicative. They set up so many interviews with us. They made sure we were on, on track. I mean, it was from a, from a media tycoon like me. Um, I got the white glove treatment going to this event. I, yeah, they really did treat us like royalty. I mean, I thought that was pretty impressive. Um, they were just really, uh, they wanted to make sure that we had a good experience with, as press, that we had everything that we needed, that we had access to all the people that we needed access to. I got, um, I got so personally they were, they escorted were, to the front really of the, above and beyond, to the room uh, for the kickoff speech. I thought that was incredible. Like, oh, you're here. Great. Let's walk you right up. And it was it was really nice. They had a lovely little cocktail party the night before. Um Though it was a little strange for me because um, I, came, I came to really realize that a lot, like a large percentage of the sellers on Amazon tend to be in the both the fashion and the beauty space. And so I walked in and the people in the media cocktail party were mostly like fashion and beauty bloggers that were like a third of my age. <laughs> So I, I didn't have a lot of conversation to talk to them when I was there, but it was very interesting. I'm sure that I was, sounds like a pretty I fun the, group. Sure I think I would have loved to meet time. some of them. I was sitting there going, I am so a fish out of water in this group. Like, where where all my where where's the geriatric crew? I need to I need to get with my people here. But I, in all in all <laughs> seriousness, the Amazon team was top notch professional. Just top notch professional at coordinating everything for us. I know we we gave them some grief about very scripted presentations. But they communicated everything they needed to, and they really moved everything. Everything was – it was kind of like – it was kind of like going to Disney World. And you know there's a whole world going on underneath yeah. the amusement parks where everything's moving around. You never know where the garbage goes, right? Everything – the trains were all moving. Everything was great. I thought I thought they did – I'll give them 10 out of 10 on on the, you know, managing the logistical operations of this event. Yeah, they really ran a nice tight ship and kept everything on so, time. So, Andrea, great. aren't you sick of seeing me? I don't suppose you know you that they, they can. Can you quit me? You you want to get together in Vegas? What are you doing you next week, go, Peter? You go to Vegas. <laughs> um, you know I. He- <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're going to have a lot of each other this month, Peter, yeah. between that and Unboxed and Adweek. A and lot of people it's think a, it's, it's a big going, going to grocery shop. It, that's a hot ticket. I hear there's a hotter ticket at grocery shops. 
we're not, we're, we're not talking about it too much, but I hear the even hotter ticket than grocery shop is going to the CPG guys party at grocery shop. So, yes. which, is, which is sponsored by. Yes. And Packview. I know it's great. Packview, so we've got CPG the Fresh guys. Four team. We've got yeah. the, 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 the CPG guys. A loom group, pack you. It's like it's a big family affair, and we're throwing a little party. It's an invite only. Sorry, create a little FOMO, but that's going to be a big event. It's so many of our friends. We got some big announcements that we'll share uh, after as it relates to some of the activities that we do. So, um, all sorts of really interesting things going on. I've had a lot of people reach out. It's like, hey, I heard la- just last night. I'll shout out to my friend Whitney Cooper. Whitney's like, Peter. Austin over at Sam's Club keeps telling me about this this party. And like now I've got major FOMO. I'm, should I read something into this? I'm like, Whitney, I told you I already registered you. Don't worry, you're in. And she goes, what do you mean? I'm like, so I never got anything. I said, because I didn't have to send you the <laughs> registration link because I just did it for you. Of course we want you there. And it's like right next door to where the Walmart party is an hour later. So you know, you're going to, you're going to be the, like, we're going to, we're going to have all your friends there uh, from, from Walmart connect and, and leave you outside of the, the velvet rope line. I don't think so, but, um, but all seriousness, we're going to have some fun in, in, in Vegas uh, at grocery shop. It'll be, it'll be great. It'll be great fun. We can continue on uh, all the fun we had this week in Seattle. Right. That's awesome. Well, looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing a lot of our listeners. Um, it should be a great conference. All right. And uh, yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, we'll Andrea, catch up with everyone there. Me for this. A lot of fun just doing our uh, our little spiel and uh, and our, our thoughts on, on the Accelerate Conference. We'll do that. And I'm probably going to have to do this again next month for Amazon Unboxed, right? We've got to go do that too. So. All right, everyone. Uh, thanks yep. for listening Absolutely. to us in our rank punditry. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, and make sure if you're not already subscribing to the CPG Guys Fast Forward podcast, we interrupted the host of this, Brian Gildenberg, to basically um, usurp his uh, his seat and take it take it over so that we could push this out. But subscribe to this podcast just like you're subscribing to CPG Guys, our flagship podcast. Uh, and that way you can get more, more, more. Because can, can you ever get enough? of this crew. I mean, I can't. can't. (laughs) All right, Andrea, good talking to you. Take care and everyone have a, have a great, have a great weekend. Bye. All right. Take care. The content in this podcast episode is provided for general informational purposes only. By listening to our episode, you understand that no information contained in this episode should be construed as advice from CPG Guys LLC or the individual author, hosts, or guests, nor is it intended to be a substitute for research on any subject matter. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by CPG Guys LLC. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The views expressed by CPG Guys LLC do not represent the views of their employers or the entity they represent. CPG Guys LLC expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, 
or other damages arising out of any individual's use of, reference to, or inability to use this podcast or the information we present in this podcast.